This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Will Israel present a preemptive strike against Iran? Well, that seems to be potentially in the offering. In meetings with top U.S. defense officials over the past two weeks, Israel has attempted to create a united front against the rising threat from Iran and its stable terrorist proxies. Israel's Strategic Affairs Minister Ron U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, and the Israeli National Security Council Chairman Hanegmi were at the State Department in Washington on March 7th. That meeting followed a visit to Israel over the first weekend in March by U.S. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, and in advance of a visit to Israel by U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Central to the discussions is the full constellation of Iran-associated threats. After interviewing Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu late last month at the Tikva Israel Security Enclave, Walter Russell Mead wrote for the Wall Street Journal these words, I came away thinking that the U.S. is much closer to getting involved in another Middle East war than most in Washington understand. Welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at some of the developments that are taking place that we don't hear anything about because we are being assaulted by so much dissimulation, lying, deception here in our own country by our own leaders that it has preempted virtually all other conversations, whether it has to do with uh, Dr. Fauci there uh, in the matter of COVID and uh, the vaccine and so on, whether it has to do with uh, any of the other uh, major issues uh, that are before us, the January 6th event, and so on, all of these have now, over the last week or so, totally preempted all other kinds of news. But today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look behind the scenes at what is really developing in our world, and I'm glad that you've joined us. So, we have a number of different reports. Let me share some of these headlines with you. Uh, Gordon Chang, a prominent author and lawyer, believes that the Chinese government's burgeoning partnership with Russia will influence the battle in Ukraine and divide the entire world. Well, in fact, the entire world is being divided. There's no question about that. But the question is, what are the unintended consequences of this worldwide division? You see... Oftentimes, there are things, in fact, almost always there are things that are decisions that are made in our world, things that uh, take place, and we look at them on a linear basis, that is, as normally we human beings do, point after point after point after point, 
when in fact there's a much bigger picture that's developing and the law of unintended consequences is taking place that causes what otherwise would appear to be a linear kind of event now becomes a three-dimensional event. And that, I believe, is what is taking place. And it's taking place because it's necessary for these things to take place because, well, prophecy is waiting to be fulfilled. Another headline from the Russian Times today, Russia-EU relationships no longer exist. Russia-EU, European Union relationships, no longer exist, even though Russia technically is part of Europe. So what's going on here? Is the Ukrainian issue now causing an irremediable breakup, say a radical and complete divorce between Russia, part of Europe, and the rest of Europe? And if so, what would be the consequences? What might be the consequences of such a major geopolitical breakup? We need to take a look at that today. In addition to that, another report tells us that Turkey is NATO's black sheep. Turkey, North Atlantic Treaty Organization's black sheep. So we have NATO membership today includes two North American, 27 uh, European nations, and one in Eurasia, i.e. Turkey. Turkey is the odd man out. And... Why is it that Turkey is the one that's the big holdout between uh, with allowing Norway, excuse me, Sweden and Finland to join the EU? Why is it that Turkey is the odd man out? Is it because something so dramatic has taken place in the history of Turkey now so as to align it irrevocably with Russia in the fulfillment of biblical prophecy? Another headline, Turkey gives timeline for Russian proposed gas hub. So here we are again, oil and gas becoming a major part of the political scene as we see it. Another headline for the Jerusalem Post, Iran secured a secret deal with Russia over uranium for a nuke program. Really, what is it that's going on with Russia and Iran? Why is there intensification in the relationship between Russia and Iran, and what is it all about? What are its implications? Then again, from the Russian Times, Russian oil shifts to the Middle East. Russian oil is shifting to the Middle East. Another, Russia has no intention of repairing the damaged Nord Stream pipelines. Why is that? Since they the ones that installed it, why is it they have no intention of repairing it? I believe I understand why that is. And then finally, India imports of Russian oil hit record high. Russian oil exports to India, the world's third largest crude importer after China and the U.S. climbed to a record 1.62 million barrels per day in February. 
The largest, the numbers suggest that Russia is India's largest crude supplier for the fifth straight month. Moscow's oil exports to the country, India, surged 28% month on month and surpassed combined deliveries from Iraq and Saudi Arabia, which were India's main suppliers for decades. Notice dramatic changes that are taking place, all in response to the Russian-Ukrainian situation. The Russian-Ukrainian situation is not just about Russia. It's not just about Ukraine. It's about a global shift, my friends. Russia now supplies 35% of all India's oil uh, imports, a significant increase from its share of less than 1% of India's energy market in 2021. So in just a year and a half, Russia now supplies 35% of all India's oil imports. Energy, friends, energy is at the root of biblical prophecy. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The world is trembling, friends. The world is trembling. Trembling over the future among Russia and her Islamic oil and gas cohorts that has now become global and has expanded beyond Islam to other areas of the world in the East. The EU Times shook the world on March 11, 2013, exactly 10 years ago, with this headline, World Trembles as U.S. Becomes greatest energy nation in history. According to a startling report prepared by Russia's energy minister for President Putin, quote, the United States is preparing to overturn the entire global economic system as it nears becoming the greatest energy producing nation in all of human history, unquote. Just five years before, who could have ever conceived of such a report? In fact, just five years before that or five years ago, who could have ever conceived of the, dra- of the drama that is taking place in our world, uh, the fallout between Russia and Ukraine, that in many respects was actually initiated and caused by the United States fomenting the European Union and its uh, NATO members to urge Ukraine into uh basically uh, thumbing its nose against Russia and the NATO nations increasingly in seeking to make Ukraine part of NATO uh, threatened Russia and its borders to uh, make it seem as if Russia was just being surrounded then and Putin reacted like a bear reacts to the interference with its cubs. You may not like to hear it put that way, but uh, 
I believe that that is what really has happened here. And what it has done is catapulted something called the great game dramatically down the prophetic track. The great game that consumes the minds and hearts and geopolitical aspirations of petroleum experts, presidents, prime ministers, right at this moment of history, of any overarching or grander significance than mere maneuvering on the ground and the machinations of business as usual. So what is the significance and why should it matter to you? This great game that's being played out on the international chessboard is of supreme significance on many, many levels. It's commanding the attention of the world's capitals, their financial moguls, foreign ministers, and, yes, military personnel, and it's a deadly serious game. It's dramatic and profoundly dangerous and massively prophetic on the world stage. And so... Uh, just as I wrote in my book, King of the Mountain, uh, the eternal epic end time battle with a chapter called The Great Game. So it is taking place even as we exist, except on steroids. What I wrote about then is now taking place in its massive fulfillment before us, and the world cannot figure out what has hit it. It's a global showdown that's in the works. And the whole horror, excuse me, haunting specter of a major war hangs over the Middle East, over Russia and Iran. Uh, these are the nations with the largest natural gas reserves in the world, the number one and number three exporters in the world. And Russia, Russia and Iran control the export of Central Asian energy to global markets and exercise control and influence over Syria and Turkey, over energy corridors to and through the European continent. The great game has entered the Mediterranean. It is the developing story of gas, oil, war, and geopolitics. You know when that was written? Would you like to know when that was written? Here it is, right in the front of my book, copyright 2013, exactly 10 years ago. And it's more pertinent today than it was the day it was written. And I want to make the book available to you because I don't believe that you can fully comprehend what is actually taking place and going to take place from a biblical viewpoint unless and until the pieces are put together in the puzzle, which is what this book does. It helps us to understand in a very simple way, not complex, a very simple way, how uh, the Bible actually describes the movement of nations from the beginning of time to now and what is going to take place. It is utterly spectacular and amazing. So. The book is a $20 book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Also, my wife loves to make, to do puzzles. 
jigsaw puzzles. And uh, so I bought her a special board uh, that's tilted that enables her to do that with a little more comfort for her neck and back. And uh, I went into that room where she does this uh, the other day, and I noticed in the beautiful layout, she was. it looked like she was almost finished with this puzzle. And I looked, and I said, uh, sweetheart, there, you see, there's nothing here in this place. There's nothing here in that place. There's nothing here in that place. And she was astounded that some of the pieces were still not in place. Even though there was a major corner that wasn't completed, there were these pieces throughout the puzzle that were not completed. That's a picture, friends, of what is happening prophetically before us. We have a general picture, but we don't have the complete picture. And so we're missing out on some of the significant links that would enable us to more fully understand and comprehend what is actually taking place in our world and what the Bible tells us is going to take place. So, again, get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle, where he who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. Now, that's a statement. He who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. But there's another one that people don't quite understand, and that is he who controls the energy rules the world. He who controls the energy rules the world. And that's why the great game for oil and gas is the prophetic, shall we say, link. It's the ribbon that runs through the prophetic developments that leads us to the end of the age in the final events of world history. So, uh, again, the book on the website, saveus.org, King of the Mountain, the Eternal Epic End Time Battle. For whatever it's worth, when the book first came out, I was interviewed by a Jewish talk show host. And uh, he said, well, he brought me on for, I can't remember whether it was an hour or half an hour. Uh, it doesn't really matter. And about halfway through the program, during a break, he said, Mr. Chris Meyer, it's obvious that we're not going to be able to even barely phase the import of this book. Would you be willing to come on for another hour next week? I said, sure, no problem. Well, the same thing happened the next week. And that went on, and he finally ended up interviewing me concerning this book for seven weeks unprecedented. Never before has anything like that happened. Why? Why did this Jewish uh, talk show host find this so fascinating? Because he saw the amazing connections between even the Old Testament and the future. It just took him by surprise. And it might take you by surprise as well. So, uh, I urge you to get a copy of the book. Now, why is it that the uh, that Russia 
would indicate it has no plans to repair the Nord Stream gas pipelines that were blown up. You remember they were blown up, what was it, last September? And initially, the United States, Joe Biden, uh, indicated that uh, the U.S. had nothing to do with it and no Western nations had anything to do with it, that Russia blew up its own pipeline. And why would Russia do that? When it was using this pipeline, it cost them billions of dollars. Why would they do that when this was going to serve the supply of energy to Europe and especially to Germany? Why would they blow up their own pipeline? doesn't seem to make much sense. Then, most recently, a few weeks ago, a journalist by the name of Hirsch, a very well-known and respected journalist, came out and said, uh, his name is Seymour Hirsch, uh, came out and said, no, uh, the reality is that Joe Biden himself sponsored the blow-up of that pipeline and that he had worked things out in advance, going back months before it ever took place, following up a statement that he had made earlier that he would do that, that he would get rid of those pipelines. Somebody challenged him on, well, how would you do that? He said, don't worry about it. We have the ability to do it. So he already put the world on notice that he would do that. So Seymour Hirsch comes through and he says, now we found out more information supporting the uh, understanding that Joe Biden himself ordered the blowing up of the pipeline. But then all of a sudden in the last week or so, there has been a recognition that if that were true, that puts the U.S., and the and NATO, the uh, European nations, in a great uh, conundrum. The conundrum is that that would be deemed to be an act of war against Russia, and therefore, if the United States, being a member of NATO, was involved in this under law, NATO law, that would require that all the NATO nations support the United States against Russia. So now it no longer becomes Ukraine versus Russia. It becomes NATO versus Russia. Do you see how huge this is? And so they came up with another storyline. A very complex storyline. If you try to follow it, it's almost impossible to follow it. But I think it was intentionally made complex like this. And it goes something like this. Well, the real problem is that Ukraine, a secret group in Ukraine, actually blew up the pipeline. But nobody really wanted to talk about the secret group in Ukraine because that would put them at odds with Germany. And so, therefore, now, the problem is not the U.S., a NATO member. The problem is not NATO, which are NATO members. The problem is Ukraine, which is not a NATO member, which therefore does not require the NATO members now to come in and support Ukraine against Russia. In other words, it's a, it seems to be a massive choreographed fabrication of excuses 
to try to cover over what actually was done. So Russia has no intention now of repairing the damaged Nord Stream pipeline. Why might that be? And what would be the echoing consequences of that? Well, they have another pipeline. A pipeline running through Turkey. Oh, here comes Turkey. The odd man out of NATO, right? The only nation that seems to be Eurasia rather than Europe. Part of NATO. And Turkey's politics and outlook have changed dramatically since uh, Turkey became part of NATO many decades ago. Now, Turkey, through Erdogan, wants to rule the world as an Islamic caliphate and have worked in concert with Russia, cozying up Russia, their heretofore arch enemy. For what reason? Oil and gas. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Today we look at the link between petroleum, oil, gas, and prophecy as it is continuing to develop uh, right before our eyes. And we're seeing dramatic things taking place in our world that are connecting the dots, enabling us piece by piece to fulfill and fill out the prophetic jigsaw puzzle And the picture is emerging more and more clearly as to the dynamics and where the final pieces are going to have to fit. Where are those final pieces of the puzzle going to have to fit? Well, they're going to have to fit in the Middle East. So here we have the headline. From the Russian Times, Russian oil shifts to Middle East. The United Arab Emirates has boosted its uh, purchases of Russian crude oil despite increased pressure from the U.S. and its Western allies to curb trade with Moscow. Around 1.5 million barrels of Russian crude have been shipped to the Gulf nations since November. The UAE has recently strengthened its economic and trade cooperation with Russia despite Western pressure. Trade between the two countries reached an all-time high last year with the Middle Eastern state on course to become one of Russia's top 
20 economic partners. Now, this is in the Muslim world, friends. The UAE is home to one of the world's biggest transshipment hubs in Dubai and is Russia's largest trading partner in the region, accounting for 55% of total trade between Moscow and the Gulf countries. So while the EU and the G7 nations have introduced price caps and restrictions on Russian fuel imports, Moscow has successfully diversified its shipments with China, India, Turkey, and countries having boosted purchase of its oil. Wow. China, India, Turkey, UAE. What's next? You see, this is a shift to the East and the Middle East. At the same time, the Russian Times announces that Russian-EU-European relations no longer exist. So the world has been cut in two, or at least in two, maybe in three. But at least for now, the way geopoliticians look at things, the world has been cut in two. It's Russia and China versus the U.S. and NATO. Russia and China versus the U.S. and NATO. I want you to think about this from a prophetic standpoint. You see, the Bible talks about this great world power, a new world order, so to speak, a final great world government with a counterfeit Christ figure as its head, and essentially it's going to lead the nations that once belonged to the former Roman Empire. What nations are those? Well, the very nations that we're talking about. NATO, the EU, the Western nations, which would include America, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, These are all nations that were once either part of the Roman Empire or have inherited, had the Roman emphasis passed down to them so that they speak what are called Romance languages. Romance languages. This is the resurrecting Roman Empire that once ruled the world when Jesus came the first time. And when the Jewish leaders said, we have no king but Caesar. Once again, Israel is going to get Caesar. Rome, that ruled the world at that time, is resurrecting and going to rule the world when Christ returns. But what is precipitating all this? What is the thread that's beginning to tie it together to where we can begin to place the puzzle pieces in the great picture, prophetic picture, so that we can perhaps at least get some understanding of the time that we're in 
and how and why it is taking place. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're painting that picture. We're putting the puzzle pieces in place and trying to help to cast this great puzzle uh, image before you here today so that we can understand. Now, every periodically, uh, we come before you and put some more puzzle pieces in place, uh, painting exactly the same picture that's on the front of the box, on the front of the pages of your Bible, if you have time to read it and study it to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So now, again from the Russian Times, Turkey gives timeline for Russian proposed gas hub. The major gas project is expected to handle supplies previously directed through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline that was blown up. A major natural gas hub in Turkey proposed by Russian President Vladimir Putin and backed by his Turkish counterpart uh, uh, Erdogan is expected to start operating as soon as this, this year, according to Ankara's energy minister. In other words, this is a major, major turn. It's called the Turkish Gas Hub Project. Ensuring that energy security remains a priority for Turkey. You hear me saying the word Turkey because they changed the name and the pronunciation to its original name just last year. This is predicting an increase in gas production over the next few years, contributing to energy security both for Turkey and Europe. Now, why would this be important for us to understand? Because, friends, Turkey is, shall we say, uh, I won't use the word conniving, but it is confederating, confederating with Russia, each of them for their own purposes. Russia wants to rule the world. Turkey wants to rule the world for the Islamic world. Erdogan has completely shifted the secular government of Turkey into a formalized Islamic empire, so to speak. That's his goal. He wants to be the head of this so that a global Islamic caliphate can be established in the world. And it has to be done through energy, because he who controls the energy rules the world. Now, Iran, on the other side, wants to do exactly the same thing. The Ayatollahs have exactly the same vision, to rule the world, and they know that the only way they can do that is through energy, including atomic energy and the nuclear bomb. That way they can hold the world hostage. That's what it's all about. It has almost nothing to do 
with energy to be able to operate commercial and civic uh, responsibilities in Iran. It has everything to do with holding the world hostage for Islam. So now, with the pipeline running through Turkey, this new hub, Russia then will be able to control, as they see it, as Putin sees it, control the Middle East, control Europe through energy, petroleum, and gas. It's quite a vision. Turkey, on the other hand, while it doesn't have much in the way of its own inherent energy, it is now, it becomes an essential transport point for all of the rest of Europe, the Middle East, who knows, perhaps even China, perhaps the UAE and other places. Can you imagine the vast amount of money and therefore power that becomes resident in Mr. Erdogan and Turkey that they did not have before. So, what happens if the economic climate underlying the petroleum and gas world that's keeping the prices up to foster and foment all of these power developments by Russia and Turkey and China and Iran, what happens if the price suddenly drops? What happens if a player comes into the picture that throws the entire expectation of these nations into an uproar. That's what will happen when Israel gains petroleum. Already it's gained massive amounts of gas to render it free from Russian gas and from Iranian gas and from Egyptian gas. Just think what would happen with a massive release of oil. We'll be right back. Do I have your attention yet? Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. 
We only have about 12 minutes to tie this thing together uh, so that we can understand even the more so the bigger picture. Again, you're listening to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today, we're looking at prophetic fulfillment through the continually emerging press of oil and gas energy uh, to rule the world. And the net result of it all, the goal of it all, is ultimately that somebody will rule the Temple Mount because of their control. And that's the ultimate goal. For he who rules the Temple Mount rules the world, but also he who rules the energy rules the world. So he who rules the energy may also see themselves as ruling the Temple Mount, which is the composite of all power in the world from the perspective of world leaders. All right. If Turkey is NATO's black sheep now, just think what it will become as these things continue to move on. Turkey is increasingly in Russia's fold because of the gas and oil hub. Therefore, because Erdogan will feel increasingly uncomfortable in his relationship with NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, can you then foresee how Turkey will once become not just the black sheep of NATO, but remove itself from NATO? That would bring it into complete and total alliance with Russia. That would be the final straw. I'm not suggesting that will happen but I think it's very possible. Things are moving in that direction. Now, with the Jerusalem Post today announcing that Iran secured a secret deal with Russia over uranium for their nuke program, Russia is the one that gave Iran its original, built its original reactor, the Bushehr reactor. Now, increasingly, Russia has been fostering, fomenting, and uh, supplying Iran with its increasing need for uh, nuclear assistance to build its nuclear bomb. So President Putin made a special trip to Iran to pursue weapons deals between the two countries and agreed to approve a request, apparently due to his interest in compensating the Iranians for their assistance in his war against Ukraine. So the attempt by Iran and Russia then would be to circumvent the supposed JCPOA, that agreement that Mr. Obama entered into, and would largely dismantle the point of that nuclear deal that was intended to stop Tehran from using its enriched uranium to build a nuclear weapon. In other words, this is an end run, and Russia is the player facilitating the end run, rendering that agreement worthless, meaningless. Russia then begins to commandeer through oil and gas to commandeer the rest of the world. So when Gordon Chang a prominent author and lawyer believes that the Chinese government's burgeoning partnership with Russia 
will influence the battle in Ukraine and divide the entire world, he's right. He said, we've seen China go all in on Russia. Why? Doesn't China want to rule the world? Absolutely it does. But it also understands that by itself it cannot do that because the United States and NATO are way too strong. So Chang says the new world order now pits Russia, North Korea, and China on one side and the United States and its Western allies and Asian partners on the other. And this is something the Biden administration doesn't want to acknowledge. They don't get it. They do not see the bigger picture. China is using Russia. Russia is using China. China and Russia are using Iran. Iran is using China and Russia. Turkey is using Russia. Russia is using Turkey. You see how this works. This is the battle for King of the Mountain. It's like the childhood game, friends, that most guys have played in one way or another. Sometimes they call it King of the Hills, sometimes King of the Mountain. And if they had sisters, they urge their sisters to get involved in it. And so they get up, somebody gets on top of a mound, whether it's a snow heap, a mound of gravel, uh, soil, whatever it happens to be. It doesn't have to be much. Somebody gets up there and proclaims themselves King of the Mountain. And then their friends try individually to pull them down. But what they realize is that individually it's very difficult to pull the guy down from the king kingship of the mountain. So they confederate or conspire together to use one another to pull the guy off thinking that's going to facilitate one of the others from be- for becoming king of the mountain. The problem is that the others still want to be cons- uh, king of the mountain. So there's no end in sight to the pursuit of the battle for king of the mountain. But the Lord showed me this picture, a very simple picture, 10 years ago, that this is how to understand the dynamics of what is taking place in our world and what will continue to play take place until Jesus returns and becomes king of the mountain. Because his mountain is the mount of God. It is the high holy place, the place where Abraham sacrificed his son or was willing to. And God says, because you're willing to sacrifice your son, therefore I now am willing to give my only son as the full and complete sacrifice for sin on the very same mountain formerly called Mount Moriah, now called the Temple Mount, sometimes Mount Zion, or God's holy hill. So God says in Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain and foolish thing? The kings of the earth, the power brokers of the earth, are coming against the Lord, and against his anointed Israel, saying, let's tear their bands asunder. We're not going to let them have dominion over that mountain. 
Even the Pope doesn't want Israel to have dominion over the mountain. He's trying to gain dominion over the mountain, too, and align himself as the religious leader of the new world order, the Western world, the resurrecting Roman Empire. It's all happening right in front of our eyes. But God says, aha, you guys think you're so smart. Here's how he puts it in Psalm 2. The Lord is going to have them in derision. He's going to laugh at them. Just totally guffaw at them. You guys think you're so smart, so cool, so powerful, so wonderful. (laughs) But I've already set my king on my holy hill, he said. I've decreed it already. And if I decreed it, it will be. It is for all time My king, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth, he is going to reign on that holy mountain, no matter what you guys think you're going to do. That's the final picture of the puzzle, friends. But the battle rages in the meantime. And the pieces are now being put in place. And a huge part of it has to do with what is called the great game. Oil in Israel's existence, and also the second coming of Jesus Christ. Who could ever imagine such a picture? What a movie this is. It's a movie so great and so complex that it couldn't really be put in film today, I don't think. But we're doing our best through words to try to communicate to you the dynamics of what are taking place, and why? Is it just for information? Is it just so that we can say, you know what I heard? No. The purpose of this is so that you and I, and those who listen, and those you care for, that you communicate to with passion, knowing that Jesus is coming soon, and how things are being set up in our world, that you will be prepared. Because Jesus said, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. Only those who do the will of my Father. That's what Jesus said. You may think something else. Your favorite theologian may have told you something else, but that's what Jesus said. Most of his parables, most of Jesus' parables, were given specifically to encourage people to be prepared. When he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. What was he saying? He wasn't talking about the the uh, uh, corruption and the violence and all of that. He was talking about people being about business as usual. And the whole thing, when the flood came, it took them all unawares. When he talked about as it was in the days of Sodom, he wasn't talking about the homosexuality at that point. That was a given. He was talking about how they were going about business as usual, eating, drinking, giving in marriage, and so on. And then all of a sudden the judgment came. 
That's what Jesus was talking about. So he says, get ready and don't look back. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend but you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what shall I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't be at home in this world anymore. But we are in this world. Therefore, we are to occupy till he comes. We're to do the work of the Lord, carrying out the will of the Lord for the purposes of the Lord, to prepare the way of the Lord. That's why we talk about these things. And if we don't get that understanding, if it doesn't jerk our minds and our hearts into a kind of new understanding and fervor for the kingdom of God and to become the people that are pleasing to the king and not reprobates and not rebels against his will. That's why we have to repent. That's why the whole message of the Bible from beginning to end is the message of repentance. Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. I'm more aware of that every day. Not that you're a sinner, but that I am. I'm preaching to myself. When I say people get ready, we're all the people that he wants to get ready. And his warmest audience are those who profess to be followers and aren't doing a very good job of it. So he says, get ready. I'm coming. And he who has this hope in him will purify himself even as Christ is pure. Make sense? I hope so. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. What amazing times we live in. What a privilege we have to live in these times if we take it seriously. From God's Viewpoint. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle, $20 book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, write to us. And really, my friends, please seriously consider becoming a partner. We have people that are asking us to be on their stations now, and we don't have the money. We need the resources to get on these stations. Listen to the Lord. What would he have you to do? You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 